ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. My name is Jake, and I am joined in the virtual studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are we, chaps? Good. Ooh. Good. A little, a little weary. It's day, days after the game, but I feel like my mood today emulates the game pretty well. Just... <laughs> just just feel like I need a little little nana nap somewhere. Yeah, I, I um I think it's a perfect vibe to go into this. Yeah. This yes. recap. Sorry guys. No no yeah. false pumping up today. No no pretenses here. <laughs> no. I feel like another way you can also channel, channel this this um mood is just if you're English as well. Because they're in a very flat. Oh, John's getting his whiny, ashes cracking early. Yeah, oh, yes. Enjoyed that. <laughs> the Aussies saved by the weather, John. Saved by the weather. Saved by the Basketball weather, yeah. The would have inevitably consumed them. Oh, yes. And the good thing is, England are now 3 0 up in a moral victory in the ashes. So <laughs> that's right. Moral... moral ashes, 5 0. Yes. You know, as long as it suits them. Because this rain didn't suit them, but it well, did a while back suit them perfectly. Well, John, it sort of feels in character, you know, like the British Empire's sort of just been doing morals and ethics kind of how it suits them for about 200 years. So exactly. <laughs> maybe longer. So it's all, it's all congruent. Uh, anyway. Anyway. So alienate not, our, if, anything, um, if anything was going to drag me out of listens. my... Uh, my... You know, malaise. It was. It was certainly discussion of cricket. <laughs> I could seriously see Sam starting to fall asleep. His eyes may be open, but he was. I think Sam's asleep. screen's frozen mid blink. <laughs> but no, feeling flat as attack, and if you spell, if you say attack backwards, it's cat. And they were put pretty flat as well. Take us away, Jake. Go. Oh, <laughs> Sam, the transition. Well. <laughs> We're here for the <laughs> for the recap show, and I chaps. I want to say this Saturday. <laughs> there is hope in the world. I don't know. The scummers gagging it away against the tigers was pretty funny. Um, if, if it wasn't the tigers, it would have been hilarious. But it was kind of a little bit like Alien versus Predator. No matter who wins, we all lose. Um, <laughs> the the game, the cats. Basically, let's 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 not beat around the the, the proverbial bush here. They laid an absolute turd burger uh, on the eyes of the viewer, <laughs> or the ears of the listener, on um, Saturday afternoon. Shitty, but let's start with that shitty time slot for a game four thirty five p.m. Didn't feel good about it. Didn't feel good about it as soon as I saw the time slot. I went, <laughs> I don't, and I, you know, I just felt yeah. it. I just, I was like, I think yeah. we're just kind of come out the gabber at four thirty, just. Just a Big little game. bit off, a little, a little bit bloated, a little bit tie tie. Yeah, My question is: Can it be a big time with a four thirty five p.m. bounce? Was it really a big game? Don't know. You know, four thirty five p.m. Um, do better, AFL. Um, so yeah. <laughs> the Cats coughed up a furball, and uh, you know they they sort of polished what could have been. Say like a C minus, 
maybe even a D, a D plus. They polished a D plus, you know, turd into maybe like a B minus by the end of it with the last quarter. They put a bit of lipstick on the pig. Um, no idea if that's politically appropriate to say anymore. Um, I don't know how the, the, the poor scene community feels um, about that, that particular comment. But what I can assure you, chaps, and it says in our Twitter bio, premiership winning podcast. And the reason is, this is an A-plus concept, right? Three white boys, uh, three mediocre whites talking the footy, you know? Bit of banter, bit of analysis. We have fun for an hour and everyone goes home happy. We, you can, if the Cats took a D minus concept, produced a B minus C plus, you can be sure that we're going to take this A plus concept and we're going to turn you in a lovely B plus um, <laughs> this evening for the next hour. So Shoot let, let's, let's. That's my motto if, in life. <laughs> if we're giving the Cats a B plus, I think that the Lions would be getting a D minus for their performance as well. Oh, because... on the front foot. Uh, well, they, the way the Cats were playing, the Lions should should have easily accounted for us at their Look, home. there's no Lions fans this thing here. I think we can pretty safely right. shit on them as much as we want and blame, <laughs> blame them and pass the buck <laughs> onto the Lions. I think they dragged us down let's, to their level, to be honest. Yeah. Like, uh, Let as, me as, tee as, it up as for said you, all year, As I've said all year, they're just like yes. a, a bunch of tissues. They may be strong at home, but as soon as they're brought out of the box, they're just, you know, they tear. Mm. And you left of stuff all over your hands. an extra layer to the tissue bit there. I liked that. Not just but softest you, you tissue, to... but when you pull them out of the box. Yeah. yeah. They're extra soft. Out of that gather box, yeah. they just fall apart. They're like toilet paper. Very hard Let... to break a roll of toilet paper when it's at home on the, uh, on the spool. <laughs> yep. Once you take it off, your finger goes Not through and you belly. give yourself an examination. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> The summary. Let let me let me tee it up for you, for you, chaps. Let me tee it up for anyone who perhaps did the wise thing and hid under a rock so they didn't have to watch this game. Um, the Cats started out three behinds to two goals five in the opening term. Brisbane pretty well on top, but unable to capitalise. The second quarter, much of the same, chaps. One goal, two. Uh, one goal to the Cats. To two goals, three. The Lions go in up four, eight, 32 to one, five, 11. And the third term, the Lions go goal, 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 three in a row to open up a really juicy lead for themselves. The Cats do fight back with the last two of the quarter. They move Tom Stewart up into the center bounces, moved O'Sheen Mullen. Uh, off the bench and into the action, replacing Tanner Bruin. You got the sense the Cats could make a bit of a charge. The Lions got the first of the final term, but then the Cats kicked the next three and four of the final five goals of the game and had chances to kick more. You had an Ollie, Ollie Henry kick two behinds. Jeremy Cameron kicked one. Geelongo, four, three to Brisbane's two goals, one in the final quarter, but just not enough in the end for the Cats to get the four points. They fall by 11, 64 to 53. Really played probably, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of really good team footy. Um, I'll, 
I'll sort of throw to you lads to to discuss your sort of just feelings coming out of the game. Though I feel like we hit our feelings pretty pretty accurately off the top with our descriptions of the games. I'll just throw out this clearances. Geelong lost twenty one to fifty, minus twenty nine in clearances. They lost contested possession one hundred and four to one hundred and forty, minus thirty six in that department. All of that Lions dominance in those areas ultimately ends up equating to less than a two-goal win. And the Cats having real juice at one point to almost threaten to steal it. So what did you come away feeling? What, what were your sort of opening thoughts and statements on the game? Um, yeah, that was something. <laughs> Not much really... <laughs> Happened, did it? The, the, the cats never really fired a shot until that last quarter until it was a bit too late. As I said to you, Mej, after the game, once you would watch it as well, that it was just, I thought they played all right, the cats, like to control the ball and moving it from defense was all right. But then just like the next level decision make decision making, it was just off. It was off by a fair way, like kicks just going in. Those couple of centimeters too high, where the player couldn't mark and then went to a Brisbane Lions player or punching it away when he could have took the mark or just handballing, miss, miss handballing it all the time. Yeah, it was just missed tackles. It's just one of those games where nothing clicked, nothing really worked until that that last quarter when it was a bit too late, where they sort of started playing the cat's way and got back to their running game and used the ball really well. But, yeah, it was just just felt like a really nothing game by the cats. There was nothing really there that really shone at me going, oh, this is a good chat up to the future because what we saw in the last quarter was as is what we've seen all year, what they can do. And it just keeps going up one week, going really well, and then it drops mm. The next week, and it goes up the next week, and it's back down. It's it f- feels very like the year we've had, the year the cats have had. Just mm. no real consistency. Oh, John has it. Just pretty, pretty mediocre. I thought you were actually frozen. <laughs> I was just going to say pretty, pretty mediocre ex- uh, game by the cats, and one that walked away going that was pretty dull, pretty boring, and. Something that they can't dish up again. If we dish that up again, then it's not going to be pretty for the last what, four or five games. And I don't think they will. I think they can turn this around um, pretty quickly because mm. I, I dare say Stuart was, would not be happy with that performance or Patrick Dangerfield. We saw Hawkins was not happy. He was ran down to the mm. fence to give him a bit of a mouthful of what was what he thought was pretty poor stuff. So... Yeah, I think I think Which it's going to be a really tough week. Sort of bizarre in, in some hmm. ways, and like I, I really don't understand. There was some, not a lot, as that normally when we lose, it's all criticism. The defense was awful. Like to me, conceding clearances minus twenty nine, contested footy minus thirty six, and to only give up nineteen scores. Against a team that's like pretty much banking hundreds against every team at the Gabba that they play, they just put a hundred on Melbourne, who I rate as one of the better defensive teams in the league. Like I thought, our backline 
stood up remarkably well um, under, 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 under cats, pressure. Like the line, cats and lions, one and two most attacking teams in the AFL at the moment. I mean, I think in terms yeah, of points scored, I think they, they have said to be close. I think the broadcast said the cats are the only team to average a hundred points against top eight sides this year. Hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to put that to the to the test. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know where to. What, I don't oh, know where well, to averaging, find that. Stat. Averaging, yeah, 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 yeah. Averaging, I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. love to see yeah. if that's yeah, if that's correct because they maybe did bank a big score. Well, they would have banked some big ones against Essendon, for it's, instance, who would have been yeah. in the eight, in the eight. Um, what about you, Sambo? Like, what what did you sort of come away thinking? Like, I know we've had our jokes, like the 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 the, the tissue thing, and the, you know, the, I actually it's probably the first time in the history of this podcast that I've watched the lions and actually been begrudgingly impressed with some of the stuff they did. I thought they came with a pretty good plan. Like there's not anything too soft about 140 contested possessions to 104. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, same, so much to unpack. Um, yeah, I think I unpack think, it all. I think we, you know, we, we, do aim to keep it pretty positive here. We always do. I don't think we've ever really heavily criticized a cat's performance. Um, mm. And this felt like a little bit like early in the year again to me, maybe, maybe a couple of different avenues to get to that feeling. Uh, whereas earlier mm. in the year, I think, you know, it was, it was often our delivery inside 50 that was really wanting. And that wasn't necessarily the best uh, on the weekend, but it, it was sort of earlier in the midfield that the, the 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 passages were breaking down. It wasn't that final kick. It was sort of two or three disposals before that final kick that was it was sort of lacking. So it was some different avenues, but it still felt like earlier in the year where you came away from it going, I don't know how much we learned about our season from that mm. because that wasn't the Cats versus the Lions. That was a very well-prepared mm. and, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to contradict you jake because i am saying that the lions did well but mm. they were well prepared well prepared but a pretty negative sum kind of approach sure. to the game like it felt yeah. really stagnant and i think a lot of that was the way the lions were shutting us down and our inability mm. to adapt until the last hurrah when we finally mm. seemed to break it down and figure out how to you know, throw Tom Stewart up in the middle and, you know, change some things around and we really started to look like ourselves again. Um, so I felt like we didn't see the Lions versus the Cats. I I didn't think we saw a top four side versus a top eight side duking it out for points in the last round of the season. It kind of feels like... Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like we've seen what the Cats can do against the Lions. It feels like... Well, I think what, we did see it in a happened to the Cats. Yes. Yeah. And that's and that's why it's frustrating. And it always sounds like, you know, I don't know, head in the clouds naivety to say if we played our best. But it is true because we saw our best. If we started the game like that, if we started the game like the last quarter, um, I think we could have we could have matched them. I think we would have we would taken it all away from them. To come back to take it right up to them in that last quarter at the Gabba. Is, is impressive. You know, that's a positive we can take away that we were able to do that while playing pretty, and I don't mean bad as in, oh, these are, this is bad for 
professional athletes. I mean, no, undercooked and, and mediocre in comparison to what this team is capable of. Mm. I think is is the big part, think- especially after some of the performances we've seen from the midfield lately, and then to have them come out and be sort of a bit a bit off color, you know, because we said in the preview that we thought our defense was good enough, and tick, I think our defense mm. held up really yep. friggin' well. Um, and we said our forward line, if they can get their kicking on, has the goods to outscore Brisbane. I think also tick mm. because once they did get their kicking on. We outscored we outscored Brisbane in the in the last quarter, you know, like if a full game of that. Um, if we had had a full game of that, then the result might have been different. Um, but we did say that the midfield had to keep pace with Brisbane um to make sure that our forward line got a chance and the back line wasn't just under too much pressure. Um and it didn't happen that way, unfortunately, but not necessarily the way I thought it would happen. I thought we'd see a lot of effort, a lot of grunt, a lot of tail, really, really friggin' physical game, mm. and Brisbane yeah. might just get on top of us. It looked like they were able to shut us down and shut us out in such a way that we didn't even really get to throw a punch in the midfield. Yeah, I, I um, and like and and, and some it's... of it could be some of it could be the cats too because I know that they the broadcast was talking about how Tom Atkins was playing such a shutdown role on um, Neil, which. You know, far be it for me to criticize, but I think I've been so impressed with Atkins' uh, on-ball work lately. His 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 aggression and his offensive ability with the ball in hand. Mm. That to play him in such a negative role, I feel like we made a lot of negative choices and a lot of negative yeah. gearing to the game, and so did Brisbane. And so the first three quarters of the game just felt like these big churning cogs that weren't really ever in a really nice free-flowing state of football um it just felt very just mired and slow and <laughs> like a war of attrition yeah. and and we would just we would just set up constantly on the lower rung like we didn't we Brisbane weren't just running over the top of us it felt like they were just always slightly on top of it everything was just always going their way and that's not through luck necessarily it's through structure and setup and tactics and and as you said jake the way they came they'd done their homework on geelong on what geelong likes to do um and geelong didn't come up with any answers for so long into the game that it really just felt like two two negative forces Two negatives don't make a positive, and mm. that was the case. Yeah, well, it wasn't yeah. like a like a unstoppable force meets an immovable object. It was like two immovable objects. Yeah, mm. slowly sitting, sitting there facing each other, <laughs> inch by inch, getting closer to each other, yeah. and then you're waiting for something to happen. It never, yeah, just never happened. Yeah, oh it's, yeah, it's I was, just a bit of a fizz. And I said, I thought, that, yeah. sorry, Don, I will let you talk. I was just gonna say. Well, in my notes when I was writing it, and when we were on the when we were on the run back and we we're getting some goals, I wrote down even if we win this, I need to be honest and talk about how disappointed I was for the first three quarters, like how much of a yeah. fizzer this was to sit down and watch because I <laughs> I started at ten past twelve because I wasn't able to watch live, did it after work, um, you know, made myself some dinner and sat down to watch it, and so to stay up until like quarter past two in the morning for that. I was like, this is, this is shit. <laughs> yeah. I, just, mm. I just want to go to yeah, bed. Yeah, there was parts of that game where it's like, do I even, 
Bother continue to watch. It's like, no, I need to watch so I can understand what happens. Mm. And if we come back, bear witness. I was just like, yeah, it was just, it was, it's just such one of those games. We just, what is this? And not, and not in a really aggressive throw the remote. Ah, oh, yeah, shit, cats kind of way. No. Just in a boring way. Just in a, yeah, it's just, this is uninteresting. <laughs> and it's just, it's also just the frustrating part is like, we know how well they can play. Mm. And yet they just did not find that gear. To get into it was like they were stuck in second second gear the whole game until that last quarter. I was like, oh, oh shit, we we were in yeah. in this still, and that's what it felt like. It was felt like they were sort of out of for so long, and just not, yeah, I, just one of those games where if the kicking was that little bit like five percent better, where the kicking was a bit more accurate, and we got a couple more goals in that first like first half, two more like. More than one goal in a half. And just one goal in a half work. is not going to win you. Yeah. One goal in a half is not going to win you the game. It's it's just not because, yeah. And same for Brisbane. Like, they only kicked, what, three goals in a half? Well, the disposal just... efficiency was very similar. Yeah. It was and pretty shocking. Honestly, not that bad on the season average when you look at it. I think both mm. teams must have really turned up their disposal efficiency in the second half because I know at one point it was sitting at Brisbane were like low 50s and we were maybe approaching 60s, maybe low 60s disposal efficiency, but it ended 70 to 72.5 with us in the the lead. You know, it's bad when the commentators are going, we've never seen two teams with this this kicking being so shocking. This is just yeah. horrible. And even, even the hand, handballing, though, which I think would yeah. have to, you'd have to think speaks to <laughs> psychological state. Like there was nothing, there was no conditions, or and the and the pressure wasn't that high. There's nothing to really make people no. panic beyond just being panicked. And so yeah. I feel like the pressure of the moment, the atmosphere at the Gabba, all these things mounted up, and and both teams were a little bit cagey. Both teams had their game plan and their and their tactics, but the actual. Yeah. Moment to moment gameplay, no one was really able to kind of um, lo- key into that flow state, and so you know, I think yeah, I, it was, if I thought, it's another crack. We would we we maybe could have won that I, a little. I think the cats, have, yeah, they turned up and did the basics that ten percent better. Um, played the way they know how to play and like to play. Could have won it. I think just, pretty just smashed him. Not to easily. sound like an old, not to sound just like an smashed. old bloke, but like just in the like, I just didn't. I just didn't see any of that. Like, or oh, Brisbane are going to be wincing at the next tackle. Mm. No, like no, like we've done the last few rounds. Yeah. There was there was like it just didn't. It felt very um timid. Like a like like yeah, timid and and like a lack like not a lack of effort, but like maybe back to that misdirected effort where you're like maybe yeah. we're just running around so much off the ball. But it, it didn't really look that way. But that that could be it. It just I don't know. I just I just didn't see much ferocity from either side, really. Yeah. But obviously, obviously, it was more noticeable just, than the cats because that's what I want. As you said, both teams sort of played that negative type of game where they're both mm. like, well, looking up against a team that knows how to score really well, we'll play a bit more defensive. And the other team's like, this team scores really well. Let's play a bit more defensive. Yeah. Yeah. I was I personally like came away like. As you chap said, dis- disappointed, frustrated. Um, mainly, I-, I thought it was really hard to judge the forward line. It was really easy mm. to judge the back line. 
I thought we we barely got a look at what the forward line could do in the first. I legitimately, I, I meant to go back and add up per quarter how many inside 50s Geelong had. There were times where I was like, have we been inside 50 in like 10 or 15 minutes? So it, it felt really hard to judge like, hey, is Jezza on the road back to form? Is, is How's Hawkins playing? How are any of these guys playing? Really easy to judge the back line because I thought they held up stoically um, oh, yeah. despite the midfield getting absolutely toweled up at the stoppages. It was 40 to – just trying to see what that stat was. 50 to 21 total clearances, 40 to 16 at stoppages. That's plus mm-hmm. 11 on Brisbane's season average. Um, so the ball was just flowing to Brisbane. Um, so I thought our back line actually stood up really well. But yeah, just to, absolutely. I was in, I was impressed by the fact that I thought Brisbane perhaps I think they'll be disappointed they didn't take a few more chances up forward. But it's mm-hmm. hard against that Geelong backline too. Like the, some of the opportunities they did turn into goals, you know, were really. Um, high level skill execution, those shots from out near the boundary and and that sort of thing that they converted. So, you know, they could just as easily have missed those and kicked easier ones. So I think nine goals, 10 was actually a pretty fair reflection overall, but I thought it was one of the few times I would rate having watched a Cats v Lions game where I'm like, Brisbane were prepared to kind of put away maybe how they would prefer to play against another team in favor of doing something that they knew would make it difficult for Geelong. And I thought the way they sort of like, there always seemed to be players around us. It was so hard to get clean possession around stoppages. And I just Googled what is a contested possession in the AFL. So just so we're clear on the definition. And I think it's really important and in understanding how this game played out, a contested possession is a possession a possession which has been won when the ball is in dispute. And so if you think about that, 36 times more in this game, Brisbane players won a ball that was in dispute. And I think that's a fair reflection of the game. I thought it took us a long yeah. time to really find our best fight and effort in the midfield around stoppages. And I just want to chuck up a couple of player stats um, here and Patreon subscribers who've got the video show will get the visual as well, $3.50 US per month. Um, But I've got quarter by quarter breakdowns of a a couple of key players. I've got Dangerfield, Atkins and Mark Blixarfs who rank, I believe it's first, second and third for the Cats in contested possession and... I think first, second, and third, or you know, definitely top five or six for clearances as well. They're, they're three of those kind of engine room players for the Cats midfield this season with contested ball, with clearances. Danger actually like had ten contested possessions, but that so that's close to his season average, right? Now six of them came in the last quarter. But what's concerning for me with Dangerfield's performances, where he was well below his disposal count had five disposals total across quarters two and three. So really didn't get his hands on the ball as much as he normally does. I think it was five or six lower than his season average. Clearances, he ends up leading Geelong for clearances with four 
but all of those came in the last quarter. He didn't have a clearance in quarters one, two, or three. You look at Tom Atkins. He ranks 14th for the Cats in disposal efficiency. I think it's around 70%. Quarters one, two, and three, he went at 33% disposal efficiency, bumped it up to 75% in the last quarter. Contested possession. He's third for Geelong on the team for contested possessions. He didn't have one in the first half and had four in the second half. Total clearances. He's second for the Cats in total clearances this season. Didn't have one until the last quarter, and then he had one. Mark Lixarves, contested possessions, second for the Cats, and he had five for the night. Clearances, he's fourth on the team, and he's actually third if you take out Jonathan Segler. Segler currently is actually third, but has played far fewer games. So he's fourth amongst all players for the Cats this year in total clearances, and he had one clearance in the third quarter. So when you look at that from those three players, and it's, I'm not trying to like crap on those players, but it's just sort of pointing to examples of like, these are three really key players in the areas that we were beaten in this game. And they were well beaten on the night. You flick that over and look um, for the Lions at contested possessions. Josh Dunkley, 16. Lockie Neal, 14. Hugh McCluggage, 12. Joe Danaher, 11. Callum Archie, 11. Uh, it's, I think, 10 of the top 15 contested possession getters on the ground were Brisbane Lions. They had five who went above 10 or more. Geelong only had one player clear double-digit contested possessions, and that was Dangerfield. So I feel like <clears throat> I don't know if you've got thoughts on those guys' performances I, or anything like that. But I mean, like, I do because... Uh, you go. Finish. No, like I'm not again. Not trying to like crap on the players or anything like that. But it's just kind of pointing out. You know, if Jeremy Cameron kicked two goals five and you lose by two goals, you go, look, we played pretty well. But you know, Jessup probably on another night kicks more of those. I think all Mm. three of those players, particularly probably guys like Atkins, would look at the last few weeks that he's played and gone, I have been in like close to career best form. Mm. Probably laid a little bit of an egg. Probably got beaten pretty soundly by Brisbane on Saturday night. Arvo. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, as, as I said, I think, you know, admiration does have to be given, as you say, Jake, for Brisbane turning up and being willing to put aside maybe their brand of football for a style of football and a game plan that was going to win them the, the, the chocolates. And that's, you know, that's mm. good on them. If Chris Scott had done that and everyone on Twitter was saying, oh, the Cats played a negative game and just to win, we would be going, well, that's professional football. They're, they're out there to win. So mm. absolutely. But I think that is that contributed to why the game felt so disappointing is because I was expecting a Wild West shooting. Mm. I was expecting it to basically be a game of whose midfield could get more ascendancy and then whose defense could hold up the longest. And, and in that scenario, I felt like we were going to win. If we could get anywhere near the clearance number and get it mm. in there, then I think our defense would hold out longer and I think our forward line would be more potent. And so that's just not yep. the game we saw at all. Like, I mean, obviously they smashed us in clearances, but it was just not, it wasn't the rollicking Friday night football kind of affair. It really was yeah. uh, 4.30 afternoon kind of <laughs> kind of vibe. Um, so, you know, that, and that's, you know, and I think that, some of that maybe has to be laid at the cats as well because, and this is to your point about 
some of these players and Tom Atkins is the one I've already mentioned, but that to use him in, in a, in a lockout way against Neil, it sounds very 2021 to me like that, that it does feel a little bit. And like, if you're going to do that, maybe use someone like O'Connor. Um, someone that, and someone who we don't rely so much on at the moment for their for their clearance work, and it it was also obvious that it wasn't super effective. So I just that's another question I have. I guess is 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 why did it take so long to to change that up? To go, you know what? Mm. Don't worry about Neil. Just let he's ripping us up anyway. Let him do what he's doing. Our defense is holding up really well because even in you know again going back to notes and things that I wanted to mention regardless of result, even in the first mm. quarter and even before we started to turn around and it looked like we were just going to be absolutely blasted off the park in that fourth quarter. Um, I also thought we defended really well. I thought SDK didn't necessarily have the night I wanted in my predictions, um, but I thought he acquitted himself really well. Um, Tom Stewart, obviously, uh, was great. Jack Henry early on was everywhere, covered really well. Mm. Colin Jasney did some some nice things again. O'Connor when he drifted back was saved. As Zach Guthrie saved. It's like I I have I have no notes for the defense really. There was like two moments when you went ah yeah. oh, guys sort yourselves out. How'd that guy get free? But I mean they had how many inside fifties and got had seven marks. Yeah. Like yeah, that's that's phenomenal numbers. If we could <laughs> like if we could <laughs> if we could have figured out the next the next step um and get the midfields singing and so i guess i just you know i was just bringing up the the decision the role playing of of what they're asked to do because sometimes players have off nights and sometimes they've been given off assignments like it's it's hard to know how much is it on atkins to have got clearances because how much did we actually ask him to get clearances um yeah it's 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 like yeah. Um, so yeah, if 54 inside 50s for seven marks. And what's this is they usually average 15 per you, game, usually average inside. 15. Yeah, yeah. that's so we've done well. And what, what do they what do they usually average for inside 50s? 57.6. 57. So they're you know, within so their inside 50s were about, about on. on. But we 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 more than halved their average marks, so that's that's a good turnout for the defense. That it just you can't really argue with it because that's what I was worried about from Brisbane was tap yeah. down. Lockie Neal picks yeah. it up, bangs it on the boot. That real or zinging football. Charlie Cameron, Cameron Archie, someone someone running out. Yeah. Danaher, um, and and you know sliding in and taking a mark. Just you know just a step or two in front of the defenders. Mm. That's how Brisbane have always. If they've ever got it over us, that's how it's been done. And it, it really worried me. So I guess that's why even Brisbane, even though I'm a Cats fan, even Brisbane, I was like, this is this is such a uh, a lacking affair yeah. visually. I think kudos to Brisbane for, for just doing what needed to be done and, and, and beating us soundly. But it certainly, it's a bit like the draw against Sydney. You know, that's what we got as a, as a grand final rematch. And this is what we got for two teams playing for, for top you know, four. top four. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just just fell a bit a bit that way. I and guess, I guess I guess just the last thing I'd say because Atkins I know was on Neil. I don't know what Blix's role was either. Like he may have mm. also been playing 
several roles. Um, Dangerfield's only excuse really is he missed some game time because he smashed heads with that semi-sentient skin bag of cinder blocks. <laughs> that's, uh, that's generous, Sam. That's a bit too generous for that, <laughs> that one. Not my favourite player. I'll call him a... I love him. Can't you tell? (laughs) John, you can't call him anything that I need to later bleep out. I don't want more editing work. (laughs) I don't want to do (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't want to do anything more than I have to. Fair enough. Um, I think... Yeah, you go. I was just going to say that I just remembered... One one main reason why I was very right about this game, and I was when I got the message from Jake about I think it was one o'clock when Rowan was announced out. I was like, mm. "Oh shit, that's not good." Yeah. yeah, and I think that really showed there was our fire started since he's been back. Since he's been back, we've had that energy, that energy pulsating through, and I think that's that's what really mm. was missing. Just missed that. As you said, Sam, the fire started oh, yeah. a, the, the redhead to light the fire underneath the guys. And I think if Ron was there, he definitely would have gotten them fired up. He would have been chasing. He would have been laying to hard tackles, as he always does. So I think that's another big reason why we did lacklustre. We didn't have that guy to put the energy into it, which Ron does really well. Do you well know what they him. didn't listen to at halftime, John? Yes. What's that? Oh yes, lose yourself by Eminem. I didn't like. I didn't. You you said <laughs> this listen- like three months ago. I did. They played it at halftime against Hawthorne. Sam and I turned and to worked. each other and said, "If they come out here, and they bloody did, so they need to, they need to." They uh, listened to on, um, lose play one or two verses of the song at three quarter time. Yeah, maybe. Yes, bit a little bit in. They found- that's what Tom Hawkins was saying. He wasn't. He wasn't actually saying. He was singing to them. He'd run yeah. back to signals Someone and lines. He was, he was spitting bars audio. in the back line. Exactly. <laughs> Do you, uh, just looking at the disposal count too, uh, like as in the top disposal getters, we talked about contested possessions. Brisbane had, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of the top 10, nine of the top 12. I think it is for disposal getters. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight players get 20 or more disposals. Geelong only had three players, and those players were Tom Stewart, Jack Bowes, and Mitch Duncan. This feels a little bit like of a pattern this season now where it's like we frequently don't have midfielders. Mm. We lack a midfielder who's going to rack up 25 touches a game. Um, it, it's when, difficult even sometimes to find a midfielder who will rack up 20-plus yeah. disposals per game. And when you're against some of the better sides, they've just got so much depth in their midfield. Yeah, You know, it's we're, hard. We're missing, we're missing a Guthrie, that's for sure. We're missing that Guthrie who can get those 25, 30-plus disposals like he was last year. Um, and I think it just shows the inexperience that a midfield is at the moment with Dangerfield being the, you know, this most senior midfielder there. He's sometimes flying a lone flag like he was on the weekend. Um, I think Tanner Braun was a bit, you know, got shown up a bit of he's still young, still pretty much, you know, 
pretty much a rookie, mm. especially as for the Cats. So he's still got a lot to go. But um, Atkins as well. Like we know what Atkins can do in the sense that he's sort of playing that negative role, which doesn't seem to really work for him. I think when he's let loose, let loose like the bulldog, that's when he plays really well. Um, along with um, even Max Holmes. I think Max Holmes was really yeah. off. He would well, get lost. But, you know, when you're losing disposals, when you not don't have more than four players get 20 disposals, it's going to be really, really difficult to win games. You just, when you're just not getting the – you've got to get your hands on the ball. It's like the basic concept of football. You know, yeah. And well, I... especially contested. It's just, yeah. There's just no – when you look at the stats, I think when you look at the stats, you go, how did the Brisbane Lions not just dominate this entire game and kick us out of the park at half time and have it sewn up at three-quarter time? Because those stats are pretty it, damning. But what's the defence again? I think those defense? stats piled against the seven marks inside 50 kind of adds up to go, oh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, kept, that's why. Kept getting stopped that's in the <laughs> back line. We look at Tom Stewart, nine marks, Isaac Smith, yeah. nine marks, Mitch Duncan, nine, Mark O'Connor, eight. And I'm just trying to flick over and see. I it was it's... six intercept marks for Tom Stewart, three for Jake Collajazzi, couple to Jack Henry. So and I, I think there was when, plenty of intercepting. <laughs> when your defense, defensive players are getting like more disposals, more marks, more kicks, more contested stuff. It's not gonna end well. Like it's not the defense to get the on the defense's job to get that many touches. They only get that is when they're getting besieged. And for the cats to get besieged mm. like they did and still only concede that few points is a mighty fine performance and just shows the defense is still rock bloody solid. It's still just that. And not only and not only line. still solid, they're probably better than ever. Yeah, like I think they've really they've got the personnel back and they've figured out how how we start that that back line. I think you yeah. know I think mm. if you if you'd held held a hand over the score line, you know covered the cat score and said this is how much the lines are going to kick. Especially if you showed some of the their, mm. their stats as well, I think you'd go cool. We must have won that one. <laughs> yeah, I would have and snapped think, your like, hand six, off if you'd 60, offered me sixty four or something. <laughs> And I think, yeah, and I think that's where the Lions did their homework as well. Was they identified that Cats midfield isn't as strong as it was last year? Obviously, with no Selwood, no Guthrie at the moment, with three new recruits playing through the midfield, Mm. essentially, Um, and then Holmes is still young, and Atkins is still learning these ropes around the midfield. They're just like, well, if we beat them there, give them give themselves every chance to win this. And they did pretty pretty handily. It was just a defense they couldn't get over the top of completely. And just um a quick credit where credit's due to Tanner Tanner Bruin. I I did think, especially early, I thought he, he did some nice things. Mm. And he did have game equal game high tackles. So he, he did some things. Um but he only had eleven disposals, um, two marks. Yeah. Um, but and zero zero clearances. But like again, going back to the style of game it was. If you look at the the tackles, it was such a low tackling game. Yeah, yeah even the lines were yeah. not tackling. Like 
equal game height is eight to Dunkley and Bruin, and then it goes down to this four players at six, two players at five, five players at four, a bunch of players with three, two, one, yeah. um, and then like six players at zero. Like it's a yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> it's a pretty like it just basically means there was some tackles getting laid right across the ground, yeah. but there was no real hot spot of like um activity and pressure there. And I think that's mm. kind of the deceptive strength of what the Lions did. Like you were saying, John, realizing that maybe our midfield isn't as strong as it was. They didn't play against us as if we had a really strong midfield. Mm. They didn't bring us into the contest and allow some of our sort of rough nut units like Atkins to kind of scrap away at it. They kind of just got it out of there really simply. Like it just, they yeah. always looked like they had so much time. They'd go back if they needed to, they'd go around. Um, they didn't Smokes. do that, just bang it on the boot and, and hope for the best kind of um, gameplay. Um, so, you know, they did, they did, they did really well, but it's, it's such yeah. a, it is, it is such a shame to look at, like, I feel like our midfield was starting to click and we're getting, getting a much better vibe. We're getting some really yeah. good game time into them all. Some really, some really promising statistical outputs from Holmes, Bruin, Atkins, um, and so it does. It does feel like a little bit of a, a step back. I mean, just to look at we we won the hitouts, but got yeah. smashed in clearances. Yeah. So that just I tells you kind of what was happening after the after those hitouts. <laughs> I think it's one of those games that the players and the team will learn more of than what us fans will, because mm. as us fans, we know Definitely. we know what they can play as, what they can play like, and how they can play, and you know, going up against the best teams, they can. They, um, match it up to them really well, and it was just one of those games where I was like, "Oh, we just the Lions came in with a very simple, determined game plan. They executed it pretty well, and just, just couldn't figure it out until it was a little bit too late. But so it's it's good, good for Tanner Bruin, good for Holmes, good for Atkins, good for all these young guys. Really good for the defense just to confirm that they are still." Premier defensive team, um, Ford line. It's hard to judge a Ford line because just wasn't really going up there with any clear um, aggression or direction. It was very directionless going in for side fifty until like the third quarter and last quarter when they did start getting that direction. They start hitting at the targets. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's if you go, if you if you go into the contested possessions. Patrick Dangerfield's six, so he's our highest cat for contested possessions, and he's sixth in the list. And then how far you have to go down to find a true midfielder in contested possession? <laughs> oh, like after him, okay. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. After him, the, the yeah. next, the next highest cat's midfielder with contested possession. Bose. Yeah, but even then, I think most of his his you would have found were around the fifth, the defensive fifty arc. I thought he was. Pretty I thought good he was good. Players. I thought he was good. I thought he he was very dependable. But he's mm. not the guy who I want to have the most contested possessions. No, in <laughs> after, just, after no. Field. As we're saying, Santa, it's, Santa it's, Bruin and Atkins. All yeah, the way, exactly. all the, I don't even. I can't even count how far down that is. <laughs> Along with um, Max Holmes, Tanner um, Bowes is that. He's, I've seen as that defensive unit, that like half back flanker, where he comes in from 
and gets the ball from the midfield after they've got the contested ball, and then he can use it with his really good kicking and knowledge and all that of the game. It's not his job to be getting the hard ball gets. He's the one who's making well, the easy ball gets, the ones that, you know, come out the outside or gets the intercept marks and dishes it off to another guy or... Yes, that's yeah. how I rate Holmes though. Like Max Holmes, like you know, his split was four and eleven, four contested, eleven uncontested. Like to me, that's actually how you want to use Sorry, Max Holmes. I must have yeah. zoned out. Who was John talking about? Like Bose. Oh, I thought you were talking about Holmes. Okay, <laughs> makes no sense. I was also saying like, that, but Holmes, Holmes is sort of. I like. I think Holmes can be the one who can get the contested ball, but he can also be that one that, with his speed run down that wing and use it really smart. I like it. Yeah, I like him to be more than the in the Isaac Smith mold, which I think is where you mm. were going, Jake. What's and, and the other thing too, just looking at, at again the contested possession splits, um we highlight every week. And, and and someone said on Twitter, and I thought this was a really interesting point. I put up some stats about Tom Atkins last week and saying how he's playing, you know, career best, you know, he's been putting up career best numbers in a lot of areas and he has been. Um, the last month and someone I can't remember again I'm terrible with the Twitter handles I just know someone commented and said you know like maybe I need to stop being so negative about him or you know I feel bad you know I've critiqued him in the past you know and and I and I responded and said I think sometimes we have to realize that our critique or frustration with players isn't you know player x is a terrible player it's often the opposite, and and I think Atkins is one of those, and I would file this performance under that, is you know how good they can be. And so yeah. it's a frustration at an inconsistency. It's not saying, oh, Atkins is horrible. We've got to move him on. It's time to rebuild the list. It's like, oh, my God, I know it's in there. We've all seen the last quarter against Richmond last year. We've all seen the last quarter against Port You know, over in Adelaide. We know what he's capable of. And I think I'd put a number of players in that category. It was just frustrating. And I think when you look at Blix and Atkins, who combined for, is it nine? Nine contested possessions and 24 uncontested after they were both going at least probably half and half in previous weeks. That's just a thing where it's like Brisbane just had the edge over us in that category when there was a 50-50 ball, when it was in contest. 36 times more on the evening, they they were just harder, quicker, hungrier at it in those moments. And, and that adds up over a game. I think it still the positive takeaway from it is, despite all that, 11 points. And if you nail a yeah. few shots yeah. in the last quarter, you win. It's it's It speaks to how good Geelong is that even when they play diabolically, even when they turn up and just are a shadow of themselves for three quarters, they turn it on for 15 minutes. And so they the game against Collingwood last top, year. Top four. <laughs> Remember Collingwood, the first game against mm. the Pies, where we got pretty much outplayed for a large swathes of that game. And in the last quarter, it just like came on in a rush. Oh, we ran over the top of them. And it's like, this team has, has layers and levels. You just hope. Yeah that it all unlocks. Um, we should get into some player votes um, before we get into the Patreon player section because I know we've got to get out of here on time as well. Um, I 
mine is sort of some of it's on stats and some of it's really not. Um, I'm going to give one vote to. I am going to actually honor Danger's last quarter. I I think maybe we're just at that stage in his career where we're only going to get that for one quarter. And so that's why it's so important that other players step up, mm. you know, because you only, he only has Superman in him. It reminds me of the, um, what's the, the, the anime, the, the, my hero academia. Mm. Um, oh, he's, he's all the, he's... The, yeah, all my, you know, all my, <laughs> you know, has, he's, he's only got so many transformations you know, mm. at, at that end of his superheroing career. And that's what I feel like with Danger. There's only so I feel like there's a, there's a real season. lack of our audience that are going to realise how perfectly you've hit this analogy. R.I.P. to this, so good. this perfect it... summation of Dangerfield because no one gets what you're talking about. <laughs> T- tweet at us if you got the, the almighty Patrick Dangerfield ref. Um, uh, one little thing I'll just throw in. I reckon if, ta- um, if um, Jai Clark was healthy, he'd be playing. I reckon oh, second absolutely. half of this season, he would have been injected into this team already. So um, that's just a little side note. So one vote for Danger. I'm giving two votes. I don't know. The stats don't back this up necessarily. I'm giving two votes to Isaac Smith. I thought I think he you and I was one of the players. exactly the same tonight. God damn it. <laughs> really? Because he just busted a gut a few times where he would link up out of the back line. Suddenly he was in the forward line getting the possession I felt like he really efforted to try and impact the result in Geelong's favour. Um, there's no one else I can go to for the three votes. That's Tom Stewart, though. Um, I can't remember who who said he was going to be the biggest impact player, um, uh, but he man. was. And nine marks, 25 disposals, five tackles, a clearance, 460 metres gained, and looked like an absolute unit. In the um, in the midfield as well, nine contested possessions also to have the second most for the cats. How many? So how many um, intercept marks? Sorry, do you have? Do you have that? intercept marks? I know he had thirteen intercept possessions and intercept marks six. Oh, so six of nine there. marks were intercepts, and he had, but still, unbelievable Big effort. Games. Um, 20 yeah. effective disposals, which was not just the most for the Cats, it was the most for the team. Uh, not the most, most for the game, for the game. Um, yes. Johnny, go yours, and then Sam. All right. I'm giving my one vote to SDK. That's playing on Danaher and yep. some other players. He kept them really, really quiet, did a really solid job, and getting back to 2022 SDK that we know is just shutting down players Reading the ball really well, using it fairly well. Like he still had a few hiccups here and there, but I thought overall he played a really solid game. And you know, when the defense plays that well, the whole unit back there has to play well. And I thought he did his role really well. Uh, I'm going to give my two to Jack Bowes. I just thought pretty solid hit out for him. Did a few mm-hmm. things, good things here and there. Um, you know. As much as other midfielder type players were doing it, I thought he was up there pretty, could hold his head up pretty high and played a really good role. And my three votes is also for Tom Stewart. Hard to look past Tom Stewart's performance and not give him the three votes because it was 
It was leader of the pack style. Sam DeConing, game high, 10 <coughs> spoils. Um, just to throw that one in there. Sambo? Yeah, I, I feel like we we all got, even with this game, we all got a couple of predictions right across the board here. Johnny had um, Tom Stewart. You and I both had Cameron to kick the most goals. Um, and I think the, the one thing I wanted to see was, yeah, a, a closer to last year kind of performance from Sam DeConing. I, I do think, like you said, Johnny, I think he got pretty close. Um, but my votes are the same as... Uh, as Jake's, I did want to. I did want to get Deconing and Bose in there as well, but I I feel like Dangerfield was the one that at the end of the game I kind of looked past, and it has been everyone's el- else's love for him. And then looking at the stats and going, you know what, they were some big moments. Like he did settle, mm-hmm. he did settle the team in some really crucial spots. Mm-hmm. He he prevented us from having our first goalless half in yeah like more than half a decade or. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, more than half a century uh, or whatever it was. Um, something like that, wasn't it? I was think it was 50, like 56 years something or something? insane like yeah. that. Um, so, yeah, he, he really did sell. So he, um, I think it's one of those ones where he doesn't get more votes from me because I do think, like you're saying, Jake, he's just, his capacity is less. But And I think sometimes people see those big moments in the highlights reel and they do go, what a game. But it was it was mostly across maybe one quarter or one and a half quarters. Um, my two votes also, Isaac Smith, I thought he did a lot of, had a lot of effort and like, yeah, like you were saying, Jake, but I think there was some times where he did things that just wouldn't show up on the stats sheet. And that's those, that's not just like one percenters and things, but things like making a fantastic run and the kick goes over his head or making yeah. a fantastic run and there's a downfield free kick. Like even, uh, yeah. even once it happened, it was our free kick, but it just meant that, the possession it went away from him. What he could have done with it was now not on the stats sheet. So I think he, I do think he had a really, um, you know, as much as the commentators wanted to talk about the creaky bones of Isaac Smith, um, <laughs> I thought he had a good turnout. And yeah, Tom Stewart was was Tom Stewart. Um, Dave, David King, as much as I don't like to uh, agree with things David King says, um, he did say <laughs> that he would like to see Tom Stewart in the midfield more often. He said, you know, put your best players where, where the ball is. And he's got to be one of the best players in Geelong, um, if not one of the best players in the comp. And he, so he, he, his, his theory was start him down back for about eight minutes, repel some attack, settle everyone, have him there to, to settle SDK <laughs> and Jack Henry. And then if all's going well, you roll him up and then you just bring him back if you, if you need to. Um, and apparently... Um, I think it was last year he said he had a talk with Chris Scott and last year he was saying, Chris Scott was saying I just really want to get Tom Stewart into the middle. I just need to find a way to get Tom Stewart into the middle. And Tom Stewart walked past the conversation and said he's been telling me that for years and then kept walking. So it's, it's interesting <laughs> that it looked like this just out of the blue, oh let's just do it desperate kind of, mm. but you know with SDK and Henry and, and these kind of guys and maybe if they're trying to find a way to get Radaglia back in the side as well um yeah maybe 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 tom stewart midfielder is the is the title of the next chapter i'd love it that'd be fantastic all right he'd finally be able to smash people and give free kicks away in not such important spots i reckon you i reckon give away (laughs) way more free i reckon once he's away from goal more than 50 away from goal i think he'd give away about double the free kicks he's giving (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) There were moments, you know, where he'd come through the center square, you know, in the, in the grand final Mm. last year, you know, just clean someone up and take the ball with him. And like, I just think his, his attitude and his aggression towards the footy and his will to hunt and compete. I just think I rate it really highly. So it was was pretty fun, pretty fun to see. Um, All right, that is the podcast for the public listeners. We're going to go do a quick little chat about Reese Stanley. Um, Got a couple of interesting points to talk about, about big Reese Stanley. So if you want to hear that, sign up to the Patreon, $3.50 US per month for extended podcasts, video versions of the pod, VFL coverage, and other stuff from time to time as well. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. It's our third month. Uh, consecutively hitting well over a thousand listens uh, and the only other time we've done that was around the, the finals run last year so it's it's massively appreciated uh, until next time go cats go cats go cats go cats